NATO, I think your mom says on behalf of old people, don't lump us all together. Uh, so there's that. I, I would uh, like to say I, I love my mom. Mom, I love you. <laughs> but I'm also willing to sacrifice you if it means getting rid of all Trump voters and Pelosi and Schumer and Biden and the ruling class in general. Hello, good people of the internet. What is up? Welcome to the Bituation Room Podcast Live. That's right. That's what it is. You're here. Don't scroll. Don't don't click that ad. You don't need it. That's it's not snail doesn't work on the face. All right. Welcome. What's up? I am Francesca Fiorentini. Welcome to another episode of the Bituation Room in the middle of this rebirth of America, as I like to call it. The newest civil rights movement, the fuck around and find out civil rights movement that we are currently uh, in the middle of, in the thick of. Maybe some of you are in the streets. Maybe you've been in the streets. Wear a mask, get tested, but also like, you know, shit is fucking real. Um, we have such a good show for you all today. Um, we have Vasuda Desikan, who is a good friend of mine and a labor organizer and a policy director for United for Respect that works with low-wage workers. And she's kind of one of those people who's like uh, a radical uh, lobbyist. Is that a thing? She's a radical lobbyist. They exist. She's one of them. Um, she's trying to fight this good fight uh, in all the places we don't really want to be. Um, because the streets are one thing, but uh, in the Beltway is quite another. She's here to talk with us about the stimulus budgets. There are many. What does it take? What does it mean? What at all is going to happen to our economy? Um, it's going to be spicy. It's going to be good. Uh, also, it's pride. And that means we are donating a portion of your tips because you know how you tip us. Remember how it's this is a free show? And remember how you like give us like $3 or $5 or $20 because it's great? Yeah. Uh, we're giving a portion of those awesome tips to the LGBTQ Freedom Fund, which helps bail out low-income queer people who are held in jail or immigrant detention. Uh, there are a lot of queer folks right now on the streets who uh, might be getting arrested, uh, people who've been arrested in the last few weeks uh, after all of these, again, uh, George Floyd protests and BLM protests uh, that this podcast is strongly in solidarity with. Um tip us at Venmo or Venmo at, I always do this wrong, Venmo, uh, TBR-Live, tip us, we love you. Well, let me bring in my co-host, uh, please welcome uh, the man, the myth, the um, soon-to-be legend, although that means he is old as hell, <laughs> my good friend, Nato Green, welcome. Que paso? Cheers. Cheers, salud. How are we doing? Good, I've got a... Failed iced tea. Nice, nice. I've got a. Uh, I made a blood orange old fashioned. Uh, I had some. I had a blood orange. I'm using Irish whiskey. And Are you the kind I, of guy who just has a blood orange sitting around? Like, oh, yeah, I'm gonna do this blood orange. Yeah. What am I going to do with this blood orange? May as well make a blood orange old fashioned. And uh, and now I'm freebasing avant garde simple syrup with like like <laughs> mixing different kinds of sugars together uh, to get a different simple syrup uh, experience. God damn it. Every fucking week he steps it up. Avant-garde, simple syrup. This, this is the signs of my midlife crisis right now, right? This right in this. Yeah, cloud. yeah, yeah. Uh, it's either this or Paxil. Well, I'm just glad we're on. <laughs> I'm just glad we're on Facebook right now. 
Facebook people, listen, don't click on those ads about, you know, Trump and uh, coronavirus numbers being inflated. Make yourself some avant-garde simple syrup. Right. So Boomer. because I said this now, because we're on Facebook Live, Facebook is going to start serving me a bunch of awesome ads about, are you a middle-aged man dealing with depression and anxiety? Try alcoholism. <laughs> well, welcome, NATO. Um, dude, we were told last week that we stalled too long on the intro. Um, Let's folks, get into are, we, it. are we stalling too long? I see. I see all your comments right now. Um, someone says they squeeze out their sponges. Joseph, thank you, motherfucker. Squeeze all otherwise mildew. Oh. Yeah, you're 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 turning heterosexual cis men around with your bitching about squeezing sponges. But I was called out on that because apparently uh, all genders, all sexualities, uh, being a bad cleaner upper is gender fluid. I think is bad uh, cleaner upper was almost there. It's the shitty cleaner upper, my uh, my, my friend. My my dumb my wife is way cleaner than me, but my dumb pet peeve like I clean out I squeeze sponges, but my dumb pet peeve is that she leaves cabinets open. Oh God, that's awful. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's. So I feel like I'm always walking around the house closing cabinets and drawers. Yeah, no, that's terrible. Also, <laughs> in the only Scientology video I ever watched, it was for a story I was doing. Uh, apparently. The, the Thetans, or no, the engrams, like the bad memories that you have, mm -hmm. were from when your pregnant mother walked into a drawer, an open drawer, um, which is very out. funny to be very exciting. Anyway, uh, you have a lot to look forward to. Your kids does do that. Does that mean so? I uh, uh, can, does does it does it tell you a lot about me that my mom was in labor with me for fifty two hours? <laughs> fifty two <Yeah>. hours. <laughs> She knew her son was going to grow up to say things like avant-garde simple syrup. Yeah, right. Well, it, 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 and she knew her son was going to grow up to take his fucking sweet time speaking his mind and talk hella slowly and pause a lot. Also and make that. people around him are crazy. Also that. We love NATO. NATO, it's fine. He takes his time. So do I. But let's jump into it. This is a segment we're bringing back once again because it's a new week in in whatever this new world we live in. Um, this is the week where it is Sunday. I believe it's June 14th. It's okay if you're listening to this at a different date. It'll probably all still be relevant. But if you have been living, um, you know, under your covers, as you should be, uh, let's get into the week. This is the week where, or this was the week where, I'm already fucking it up. This was the week where, uh, if you missed this, this is great. House Democrats donned kente cloths as they knelt for nearly nine minutes to honor George Floyd before announcing sweeping police reforms like classifying lynching as a hate crime. Wow. Uh, and I know a lot of people were focused on the kente cloths, you know, and how it's like not 1982 and coming to America isn't the number one comedy in the country. Um, but I was too busy focused on Democrats taking one knee for nine minutes. <laughs> like... You know how hard that is for them? Like the average age of a congressional Democrat is water aerobics, you know, like uh, eight <laughs> minutes is how long it takes for a congressperson to need knee replacement surgery. I'm not going to fucking foot that bill. So the Democratic reform bill included a bunch of uh, uh, like 
you know, police training and, you know, community policing types of programs, that sort of touchy, like groovy stuff, like soft. And it's interesting to see that, you know, now a few weeks in the debate between like defund the police and then like the more centrist version. And so I like to, I love to see the range of opinions. Like on the far left is like, the police should eat my entire asshole and all be fired into the sun immediately. And anything less is a sellout. It's a sellout position. And then on the, on the center are like Joe Biden and Nancy Pelosi, who are sort of more like really meeting the challenge of the moment, the offering the big ideas the moment requires. Uh, they watched that video of that cop kneeling on George Floyd for nine minutes. And they were like, you know what that guy needs is a seminar. Uh, the answer to systemic racism is more PowerPoint presentations. That'll do the trick and whip these cops into shape. Can they watch the seminar while they eat ass? (laughs) (laughs) Just asking. Stop it. (laughs) Okay. All right. This was the week where, after being gassed and brutalized, Seattle Black Lives Matter protesters successfully took over the streets outside of Capitol Capitol Hill, um, which is a, a neighborhood in Seattle, and have now created... Uh, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone, or CHAZ. They have created community gardens. They have movie screenings. They don't allow currency. And they're giving out free masks and LaCroix because CHAZ always has LaCroix, bruh. Um, I just want to say, whoever says that anarchists don't believe in organization are total idiots, okay? This is incredible. Uh, and also, do you know how much work it takes to be polyamorous with five different people? They're organized. A lot of work. A lot of work. Uh, Chaz is short for Charles, the Capitol Hill Autonomous Region of Lower East Seattle. Um, and, uh, uh, and, you know, it's been like red meat to the right wing, like Ted Cruz has, and has been posting stuff and Fox, Sean Hannity had a segment on it and Donald Trump was threatening to invade Seattle to restore democracy and order. And I went and looked at pictures of Chaz, uh, and it's disgusting and lawless and decadent. They're out of control. They're, uh, growing food in the public parks. They're drawing on the sidewalk in chalk. Uh, they're teaching each other about harm reduction. And one time, if you can believe this, they uh, they actually watched the documentary Paris is Burning about the gay Vogue scene in New York in the late 80s. Uh, with documentaries, art, and learning, it's a slippery slope that will lead to listening and learning and empathy. And this will not stand. Send in the tanks. Um, oh, it's so beautiful. I fucking love it. Like, I don't want to smell it, but I, I love it. Right. Um, it's, I, I, <laughs> I, sp- I spent enough time at, I, I, when, when Occupy Wall Street happened, I, in the course of touring, uh, doing comedy, I visited seven different Occupy cities wow. and Occupy encampments. And let me tell you, sometimes it's better to read about it than to be there yourself. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, this was also the week where Paramount uh, canceled the show Cops. Finally. Yes, it's been running that long. Um, NASCAR also banned Confederate flags from their events. And HBO Max took Gone with the Wind off streaming. Temporarily, of course. But honestly, I love it. Like, keep going on this toxic whiteness until putting marshmallows on sweet potatoes is illegal. Um, But I love it. I mean, this is like America finally taking down its MySpace page that's been up since this was a preteen, you know, and there's like Limp Biscuit and, you know, swastikas drawn with puffy paints. It's embarrassing. Take it down. It's cool to see how corporations are really trying to capitalize on the moment. It reminds me 
Uh, I don't know if you if you remember this early in Obama's term, the cable channel stars like you know how they have like yeah. like HBO Comedy and HBO East and whatever. And so stars uh, rebranded one of the various star channels, uh, stars black. Uh, to celebrate Obama. And then after a few months, they got bored of that. And then they converted stars black to stars, Nicholas cage. Um, and so it reminds me of that. It's like, okay, now we're done with NASCAR Confederacy. It's time for NASCAR, Nicholas cage. Baby steps, bro. Baby steps. <laughs> this was also the week where many cities, including Los Angeles entered phase three of reopening, uh, despite coronavirus cases in California going up. Uh, that means the opening back up of museums, gyms, and zoos. Because if there's one thing this pandemic needs, it's more contact between humans and animals. Like, what the fuck are we doing? Are we trying to reverse engineer this? Like, maybe if we throw our shit at the monkeys, the whole thing will be, you know, gone. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, 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 that they're, the, they keep reopening despite the cases still going up. It's like the official public health position of L.A. County is we're all going to die. Fuck it. Let's go to the spa. Um, and my, my big question, like they keep talking about, like at this point in the process, we get to do, reopen this. And at this point in the process, we get to reopen that. And my question is, like, what are the criteria when they decide that orgies get to reopen? Like, <laughs> where do yeah, we need to be? <laughs> like, uh, how are we going to flatten the curve if we can't flatten that ass? Am I right? Hey, goodbye. I'll see myself out. <laughs> now when you flatten the ass <laughs> is that sexual or is that like a nah bro we better flatten that ass uh oh no i meant it i'm i meant flatten the ass in a sexual way like i was visualizing like from from impact you know what i mean <laughs> right. oh right 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 flat yeah no i got it i, I like i got it i you know got vi visualize got some it. ass smashing <laughs> Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, girl, you look sick. Won't you flat that ass? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, ventilate that dick. <laughs> Have I mentioned we're taking tips? Um, you can tip us TBR-Live for these and many more bad jokes. Um, let's go on. This was the week where Georgia's voting system was put to the test and succeeded if you're a Republican. Um, the rollout of the new GOP-approved voting machines and electronic voter check-in systems were to blame, apparently, causing Georgians in predominantly black and brown precincts uh, to wait in line for six hours or more. Um, which leads me to the conclusion that voting in a black neighborhood has the business model of vegan ice cream in a white neighborhood. Like, Hundreds of people wait in line for hours. Only 25 are served and only five are happy. Um, like what I'm saying is I once saw a white woman pass out in a brunch line and I realized what it would be like to vote while black. <laughs> the only thing I disagree with that about that, Francesca, is I don't believe there are any happy vegans. <laughs> <laughs> it's the cheese, man. If you just don't even try to eat that stuff i know you'll be happier um this was the week where tr the trump campaign uh began making rally goers this is real sign a waiver stating that they assume all risks related to exposure to COVID 19 and agree to not hold trump the convention centers or any affiliates liable if they become sick like that is 
That's amazing. Like everyone thinks Trump is a dumb Hitler, but Hitler was never able to get the people he was about to kill to vote for him. Like that's amazing. Um, but I also do think like Trump voters should have waivers generally, like all the time, just like, you know, a card, you know, like, you know, with like deaf people, if they encounter law enforcement, they have like a card, like, oh, you know, I'm deaf. And and it's like same for Trump voters, like they, like a card. Yeah. You know, like a, like a sex offender registry, like they have yes. to go around and knock on your door. And you're, hi, I just moved to the neighborhood. I'm a Trump voter. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hi, hi, I don't believe the earth is round. Um, yeah. But like, yeah, you get like a special lane on the freeway, special campsites, hotel rooms, special line in the supermarket uh, with like soundproof glass. So we don't have to hear the like, you know, go back. to um, what I'm saying is I believe in segregation for segregationists. Nice. That makes sense. <laughs> um, people think that, uh, people think that like the Trump campaign should be doing some sort of more like public health measures to keep people from getting sick at their events. But think of all the ways that not, uh, that not suing Trump will help people not, will keep people from getting COVID. I mean, they won't have to physically go to the courthouse to file a legal claim. They won't have to sit in a conference room close up during a deposition. And obviously, if you claim that you have COVID in a lawsuit, you'd be required to prove it by drooling violently on opposing counsel until they get COVID. And uh, that's habeas corpus, right? So <laughs> now we can avoid that hassle. You lost me at habeas corpus. Mm. It's like literal corpus. It's little right. Do you have as as uh, as, as someone who speaks Spanish? Um, see, do you, see. Whenever someone says um, "incarnate," do you think "see" incarnate in 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 la carne? Like you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's he's evil incarnate. Yes, he is evil incarnate. Sada. <laughs> Incarne, KVN. No, no, I, uh, I don't actually, because I don't eat meat. Even though I lived in Argentina for five years, and that is why I don't eat meat, because I, I've eaten all the meat, all of it. There's no other meat left for me to eat. I've, I've, eat, I've ate it. So that's why I am a vegetarian, not vegan yet. There's some people who are like, oh, vegan jokes. Yeah, man, vegan jokes. Um. But like, no, no disrespect, but like, you know, come on, once in a while, a little vegan joke didn't never hurt anybody, just like a, you know, chicken wing. All right, moving on. Let, that was the week that that was, that was the week where you guys, I will get that right at some point. And when I do, I expect a tip and I expect love. I have, there's one more story. I have one more story from this week. Oh, yes. What, what, what so happened? So this this was the week where uh, in 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 uh, protest of the uh, the police murder this weekend in Atlanta of a of another innocent black man in a Wendy's drive-through, uh, protesters burned down a Wendy's, uh, and uh, the story in the Guardian newspaper uh, on the incident said on Saturday night demonstrators marched into Atlanta and the restaurant in question was burned. The House Majority Whip James Clyburn said he was incensed. And no editor caught that. He was like, the restaurant was burned. He was incensed. As like the House Majority Whip Clyburn said, "My passions are aflame. My rage is scorching hot. Tempers are combustible. We will birth a new world from the ashes of the old." <laughs> I thought you meant like the the Wendy's was incensed. It was like charbroiled, you know, whatever the. <laughs> Listen, I say burn it just because of the square patties. Right. Just, no. No. 
Shout out in the comments if you've ever stayed away from Wendy's because the square. What's it? Why? What's it doing? All right. Um, well, let's go into our next segment, which is a segment we have. It's been a very traditional segment here on the Bituation Room, uh, which is what are you bitching about? Um, so beyond the news or part of the news, NATO, what are you bitching about this week? Well, this the the I just saw this before we went live, and and this is what I'm bitching about is the following headline: Barbara Streisand helps George Floyd's daughter Gianna Six become a Disney shareholder. What kind of fucking blindside bullshit is that? Like, uh, Barbara Streisand is like, yes, definitely systemic racism, police brutality. We better do something about that. The solution is to give black people a bigger stake in capitalism. Uh, that that we've we have uh, racialized capitalism, and the solution is going to be one virtuous white lady and one innocent black child at a time. We're not going to deal with systems of power and domination. We're just going to give them some stock in a company. <laughs> Famous for plundering the third world. Look, I I get it. I get that you're cynical about that. I think that's like I I do want to know more about it. Like, what are the perks? I know she's young. Like, it's not. It's it... not. The article in People says the perks do not include discounts to Disneyland. If that's where you're going, you just have you just have a piece of paper that says money. That's blasphemous. I know. Um, what okay first of all money obviously is probably better than free rides considering disneyland is closed right now remains closed but what about like i don't know like is there a a ride she can name or she can like design a part of or does she get to like get out on the little mermaid ride and just run around and like you know touch ariel and stuff you know where uh but you know what i mean like like that would be a perk to me would be like to get out and just like hide in the haunted mansion right to or, yeah, yeah, you could imagine some perks. Yeah. But, I mean, at least when she's like 16 or 17, be like, here are some shrooms. You get free reign of Disneyland stockholder. Right. We're closing. We're, 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 we're closing Disneyland for a day. You get to just rock out. See, that is not not consolation, but a little bit consolation. It's, um, it's but almost yeah. reparations. It's almost reparations. <laughs> God. Barbara, Barbara, baby, you tried, you tried. Um, what am I bitching about? I am bitching about something that is a little more serious, but um, I can't get over this, um, the killing in Atlanta of the, of the gentleman who was asleep in his car in that Wendy's that was burned down, uh, Richard Brooks. Um, he you know, all a, a couple of videos have been released and I'm sure you've seen some of them. Um, but basically he's like, Pleasantly speaking to the officers, uh, he was sleeping in his car. They wake him up. Um, they chat with him for 25 minutes. Yes. And then they begin to arrest him. And I think that's where he has a problem with that. Because, and I don't know what was said or exchanged between them. I think the point that I'm heading towards is he wins. He fucking gets out of two cops who are armed trying to wrestle him to the ground and he gets out of it. Yes, he grabs a taser, but he doesn't point it at anyone. He doesn't hold on to it. He doesn't, I mean, I, I don't even, I think the cop gets it back pretty soon after and he wins and he runs away. That's it. Let him fucking go. Sometimes cops are going to have to lose. And I feel like this is the, you know, this is where, you know, as people have been pointing out, training is not going to help. It is, it's your stupid ass tough guy pride 
that, you know, that you've been, you know, that whatever that you like, for some reason, you can't get your ass beat by a dude who's unarmed and not even get your ass beat. You can't just you can't have a dude escape on you. Like, I think that's part of policing now. You're going to have to just let it go. Why? Because it's not you. It's not worth taking a life over. And it's not worth shooting someone in the goddamn leg over either. This is the whole thing with, uh, you know, Biden shoot him in the leg. Oh, my God. Which is another thing that I'm bitching about really quickly. Can I just say, if you guys have watched any of the YouTube pre-roll ads for Joe Biden, they are awful. Like, they're like, he for they're pre-recorded. They're arguably there are multiple takes being done on these ads. Right. But it's like, I'm Joe Biden with some uh, presentations and got to change America. Like that's, that's, that is the ad. The ad is just straight up him fumbling over lines that were pre-written out for him right in front of him that Arguably, he took two or three takes, and that's the pre-roll. I'm running for president, and you come out. Uh, we need you. Like the, I don't know that that was even better than what it was. So I'm also bitching about the fact that uh, the Biden campaign can't get get him to say a fucking full sentence without stumbling. Kid, what I'm dreading is is getting to the Biden Trump debates. Like what a fucking like butchery of the English language. Do you know what I mean? Like oh God, yeah. the, you know, just the dueling babbling sentence fragments uh, and unclear concepts and provocations. No, it's very much like your Thanksgiving between your dad and your partners or your grandfather and your partner's grandfather who like hate each other. And they keep on asking for like the side that is also right next to them. You know, like, where's the stuffing? You know, like that. It's just that. Is there something you need to tell me about your relationship? No. I've told you about the sponge. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrung out. Oh, uh, you guys, uh, let us know what you're bitching about in the comments. Um, do it. Now I want to pivot into our next segment, our our main sitch, our main topic for the week. We're talking about the economy. Um, particularly from the vantage point of everyday people, working class people, most people who don't have yachts and didn't get million dollar write-offs included in some of these stimulus budgets. Um, I find myself incredibly uh, confused by the number of stimulus um, budgets that have been passed that haven't been passed, proposals, amendments, um, bills of rights that have been put into place. And it's unclear. We know that last week we talked about housing and the fact that a lot of eviction moratoriums are expiring. There's going to be a wave of evictions. Um, We also know that now unemployment benefits will be running out, at least the extra unemployment benefits will be running out. States are running out of money. And there seems to be little appetite, as they say, uh, when they talk about Republicans, appetite for more um, more money, more stimulus. There's no appetite because all of their friends have eaten, so they're full. Um, and I they're, just try- they're just trying to slim down. Just, they've eaten enough. They're trying to do portion control. Exactly. Yeah, they're like, why can't you pick through my bulimic vomit? Eat that. Um, but no, uh, I want to talk to somebody who knows a little bit about this, who's again, been in the beltway, 
Um, she is a radical lobbyist, if there is such a thing. She's the policy director for United for Respect that works with low-wage retail workers and particularly working on things like workplace democracy, which uh, takes the form of having a worker on the corporate board of, let's say, Walmart, which is something that United for Respect has been advocating for. Uh, please welcome everybody, Vasuda Desikan. Hi, guys. How are you? Hi. Welcome. Vasuda, what's up? Nice to join you. Um, I That was a disgusting metaphor. And I just want to say I'm not a lobbyist. I live in California. <laughs> I live outside of the Beltway. But I do advocate for our people. So Nick's the lobbyist from her title, absolutely. But she is advocating okay. on, on working people's behalf. Um, Vasuda, so... 42 million Americans are out of work. Uh, and also this week, the NASDAQ hit an all-time high. Wow. Uh, I wanted does to Does the ruling class profit from pain? Yeah. Does yeah. the ruling class profit from our pain go? Yes. Yes. Cool. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> and the government subsidizes it. Keep going. Let's go. No. The, I think, lightning round. Yeah, lightning round. Yes or no? Uh, <sighs> do they have passion fruit LaCroix in Chaz? Yes or no? You know, as a former occupier, I'm going to say someone is probably making kombucha yes. on the spot. I hope it's like, there's like a vat of gray water kombucha. Yo, I'm so there. I will drink that mop water. There's probably also bottles of urine around somewhere um, to toss around because I think that was a mainstay of every occupier as well. So hope Sorry. they don't get mixed up. A little spritz here and there. No, but V, I, I want to talk to you, though, because I am trying to, again, make sense of the stimulus uh, budgets. Mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times when these trillion dollar budgets get passed through Congress, it kind of feels like a it's like throwing a giant piece of sourdough, like a giant sourdough baguette into a pond. Right. And just seeing all the ducks come out. And like we, the people are like, you know. We're like the tadpoles. We like we're just like hello, any no five hundred dollars. So any and it and it kind of all disappears and then it sinks and then it's kind of gross. Anyway, you get the metaphor. The point is, is like, what phase of this stimulus budget we we are we in right now? We know that I know there's like three or four different stages. Uh, and when do we reach the stage where we can dismantle capitalism or, as I like to call it, you know, climax after all this stimulation? God, I hope we are always in the phase of dismantling capitalism. Um, so just to backtrack, there we are in phase four right now. So there are three stimulus bills that have been passed and fourth that is in the works. So the first stimulus bill was about $8 billion, and that was geared towards coronavirus vaccine and research and development, all that kind of stuff. Stimulus two was a hundred, a little over a hundred billion dollars. And that was the Families First Coronavirus Act that was purely geared towards making sure that emergency paid sick and family leave were only affordable to workers at companies with less than 500 employees. So if you worked at Walmart, you worked at Amazon, you worked at a big nursing home, you were exempt from all those kinds of benefits. So really progressive piece of legislation. Uh -huh. Stimulus three was um, is the CARES Act. And that's the $2 trillion package that a lot of times people talked about as a $6 trillion package. And that's because there is leverage built in um, to some parts of that stimulus bill. So that if you are a business and you're getting a loan, 
you can add private capital to it and take your 500,000 and make it like 2 million, 3 million. So that's um, that loophole that I've, I've seen a couple of articles about. Yep. Yeah. And that's the bill that has the stimulus check, the $1,200 check that anyone making $75,000 or less should be getting um, expanded unemployment insurance, including this pandemic unemployment program, and then the $700 billion paycheck protection program, PPP. Um, okay. And then now we're in phase four. And in mid-May, that was the HEROES Act that Nancy Pelosi and the House passed. That's the $3 trillion bill that is sitting with the Senate right now. It's supposed to have money to state. It's supposed to have hazard pay. It's supposed to have emergency paid leave for all workers. It's just like this, it's supposed to be a progressive, progressive, comprehensive package that's going out to everyone. It's getting a ton of pushback, obviously, from both the Senate and then the Trump administration wants to come out with its own $3 trillion package. A, a separate package. A separate package that right. is supposed to be focused on industrial relief, manufacturing in the U.S., all these kinds of things like economic platform, like an economic policy platform that you can imagine a shitty Republican president is going to want to leverage for his reelection campaign that is actively tanking. Right. Absolutely. All right. So let, let me ask you, if we were to do nothing right now, like if, if just at this point, you know, three or three months into this pandemic, um, 42 million people out of work, uh, what what grade do you give this economic relief? Like what grade do you give Congress when it comes to actually helping people out? How are we doing? I mean, it's, I'm such a fucking asshole. So I would give them an F regardless because <laughs> it's not actually like, it's, it's very immediate relief, right? It's insane that we have this democratic house majority and it's completely wasted. It's completely wasted. I mean, it's like so concessionary. So if you're starting from a place of coming up with legislation, that's like from a place of losing it's pathetic. So the fact that like hang on, did you miss the part where Nancy Pelosi wore a Kenty cloth? I um didn't that cover it? I I'm I'm pretty sure every Ghanaian person I know was sitting there just like throwing some shit at the TV <laughs> or the computer as they were watching it. Um yes, I mean I feel like she has affirmed her her uh, loyalty to the people after that. Um she also had her fist up guys don't forget that um, and one knee and a fist that's and a fist. that's hard and to cloth. Yeah. in manolos like i've i've been talking about nancy pelosi's manolo blonics you gotta get handed to her but okay yeah, yeah so so it's an f and but and I, I mean my of course democrats would say but none of this is going to pass a republican controlled senate so why push harder <sighs> I mean, it's it is tough, right? Like it's it's a tough place to be in because there's some really immediate relief that people need. People need cash in their pockets. People need access to paid leave and benefits that their corporate employer is not giving them. People need a lot of really urgent things. And you shouldn't also you can have that. You can fight for that and make sure that you're not actually caving in to a lot of the Republican demands. So we heard that in the second stimulus bill, the Families First Coronavirus Act, 
they had emergency paid leave for all workers. You look at the polling numbers on paid leave, everyone, regardless of your party affiliation, is like, yes, give essential workers the right to have paid sick leave and family leave in the face of this pandemic. It's fucking basic, right? It's so mm-hmm. popular. And they cut it out because of the Chamber of Commerce. Because the Chamber came in at the last minute and were really pissed and she wanted to cut a deal. The um, Democratic leadership wanted to cut a deal that made them look good. So they eliminated it and they made sure that it was only available to this niche group of workers. So you go to a super center, you work at a Walmart super center, you work at an Amazon warehouse. There's no social distancing involved. I don't know if you all have seen the pictures of Walmart super centers. It's like every fucking day. It's like Black Friday. That's Uh what it looks like in there. Uh So it's, it's, why are you coming from such a concessionary place and allowing these things to happen? Look, no one thinks Congress is going to be revolutionary, but the thing is, don't just fucking give everything away. Don't Mm. be actively counter-revolutionary. And that's what it feels like sometimes with these stimulus bills. They're just giving shit away. I've, uh, I've, I described that negotiating stance as, uh, it's I call it pre premature capitulation. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yep. What? Why? So you you you, pre-cap. you asked the you asked the precap. Well, you asked the question, Vasuda, like why why come from a concessionary place out of the gate? So a, 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 could could I bother you to answer your own question? Why do you think the Democrats do come from a concessionary place out of the gate? Like I I, I sort of I don't mind politicians being calculating. I would prefer it if they were good at calculating. And it seems like often Democrats are bad at calculating. They're super bad. I mean, it's like the most boomerific institution in the U.S., <laughs> you know? It's like old, out of touch with the time. Old people die. <laughs> COVID's like, I'm trying. <laughs> it is, um, yeah. And like, no, look, I mean, I, this is like an institution that was put into place in the 1700s and none of that has actually changed right it's not fundamental it's not that different like the biggest change is like oh we're gonna have 435 representatives in the house which is different from 1911 when we had 433 like it's like it operates at that level of incremental change so this is like a fundamentally flawed institution that at the very, you can't expect big things from them. The thing that you can force them to do and that you can't, all of us who are especially activists and organizers, that you can create jeopardy for them and you can create bright lines for them. If you do not respond to this thing, you will no longer have this position of power. Mm -hmm. And that's, I think, the different part about the outsider strategy with a lot of these folks, because they're just not gonna change. They're gonna always come from a concessionary place it's going to be always about how are we coming up with partisanship and putting that over anything else, having like democratic unity, all of these kinds of insidery things that they care more about and their deep institutional relationships with other big players in those insidery things like labor unions. And I say this as someone who comes from the labor movement and grew up in there. That's what they're going to care about is preserving that that status quo. So unless we actually agitate to change it, um, it's it's just 
not going to change. And even then, not to be like skeptical, but no amount of, uh, unless you have like anarchists coming in and like declaring that Congress is now like the Ministry of Mutual Aid. Get some Chaz up in there. Let's get some Chaz. Congress Autonomous Zone. So, um, uh, I mean, Vasuda, I don't know if you heard, but uh, according to the the musical Hamilton, it's all fine. So, um, uh, it, so it, one of our viewers, Edgar, asked you to if you could just like unpack the details of what's in the Heroes Act. Sure. So the Heroes Act has, and I will be very honest, these are like. 18 to 1800 to 2000 pages of legislation. Yeah. So I will do my best to remember the parts. And we've got translation. Yeah. We'll so about one and a half Game of Thrones books. <gasps> yeah. I would say, yeah, right right about. And that last one, still waiting on it. George and it R. R. Has Martin. The same ending. It'll, it'll have one motherfucker who better not die until that last book comes out. Um, my God. If you thought people or set stuff on fire over police violence. If George R. R. Martin dies of COVID before he finishes the last book, the whole country's going up in flames. Do not even put that into the universe. Do not even put that into the universe. That last episode was so awful and we deserve justice. The OG fans deserve justice. Um, okay, so the Heroes Act, $3 trillion. Uh, and I don't remember the amounts, y'all. Um, but I'm happy to figure them out and share it if it's helpful. So there's a bunch of different things that were brought together, right? This was supposed to be the Democrats sort of like signature progressive legislation, <laughs> but it was missing. I'm laughing because it's missing so many things um, that even people in their own party, like Pramila Jetfall, were advocating for and it didn't make it in there. So what did make it in there? Boatload of money to cities and states. Um there were a bunch of things from this platform. Like the city and state governments that are facing budget city cuts. City and state governments that are facing budget cuts. And it's the, yeah. um, it's it's supposed to be money directly to them, money to small businesses because the PPP was inadequate. But it didn't have Pramila Jayapal's bill, which is the Paycheck Guarantee Act, which was like based off of what um, socialist countries in, the Europe are do in Europe are doing. Um, it was replicating models of that and bringing it here. Didn't make it in, even though Pramila Jayapal is like the head of the Congressional Progressive And Caucus. she ended up not voting for it. She was pissed. She's very, very pissed about it. Right. Esther and and didn't she also have something in there about basically a temporary Medicare for all? Mm -hmm. I think so. I didn't go through the healthcare part to as thoroughly but well, I, I did, did I saw one thing about what I thought the striking thing to me about this and I think it was in the Heroes Act but it might have actually been in something an earlier version um was that there was a doubling down on Cobra so like Cobra that's what right, made it to the act yeah yeah it's the Cobra provisions that made it into the act the Cobra provisions, right? If you've ever had a full time job and quit or got, what was let go, like you know, Cobra will uh, gouge you through the anal cavity for your health care, um, and and it is Francesca. You just need to call GI Joe for that. Yeah, Cobra. A, a real, a real American oh, hero. Yeah. I was like, this is true. No, no, but yeah. like, I'm, I'm serious. This is an entrenchment of one of the worst aspects of the private healthcare industry, which is Cobra, um, which essentially just again keeps afloat more private uh, healthcare like companies. Um, 
And that was seen as a relief instead of expanding Medicare temporarily. Um, and again, once again, these, this is because Pelosi is too scared because this all stems from the fact that Democrats are called on to be bipartisan when Republicans are like, no, we're here. Uh, yep. We're going to loot the yep. American people constantly and uh, give money to our friends in the casino industry and the airline industry. What are y'all doing? Like, there's no reason to negotiate with these folks. So my, I think part of me is like, if they had waited, it would have been bad. I do think that unemployment benefits not expanding immediately would have been absolutely very bad. At the same time, what if you waited? Like, could you have held out for something, uh, you know, something better? You know, could Democrats have held out? There would be a fight. Like, there would be a fucking fight, right? Which is, like, the piece that is missing. Like, make Republicans justify why Carnival Cruise Company, which pays taxes abroad, it doesn't even pay taxes in the U.S., why Carnival is getting a bailout with American taxpayer money, but workers are not getting universal emergency paid leave. Right. Even the most incremental things, it doesn't exist, right? Make them have a fight, and they won't have a fight. And there's this, like, moral high standing that we have to get this done. We're the reasonable ones. We have to be the adults in the room. It's right. like, no, make those make them sit at the kid table and explain why they're doing this. And that's the thing. These are like to NATO's point about the math. Their math fucking sucks. Yeah. And then to um just add to the couple of other things. So there's hazard pay provisions that are in the Heroes Act. What it's supposed to the mechanism for it sucks. Like these are the things where Democrats fail. I'm like Who's writing this shit for you guys? Um, because it's like a threshold of 10,000. It should be much higher. It opens it up to potentially wage theft. Like this is money that should go directly into workers' pockets. That's not there. And then finally, it has emergency paid leave. As we're nearing the end of phase one of coronavirus, workers finally get emergency paid leave, you guys. Wow. And all of this, of course, is most likely trump has vowed to veto this trump has vowed to veto it and mitch mcconnell who is Satan himself has said that his fight the hill that he wants to die on is called corporate immunity so he wants to make sure the poor pitiful corporations of the united states are protected from savage working people who are going to come out and file lawsuits against them for wrongful death and this and that on behalf of any workers that have died. And they're just going to be bankrupted and they're just going to be left with nothing. So they deserve corporate immunity, which is a legal liability. Shield. Corporate immunity from anyone who gets sick on the job. Um, essentially what we were talking about with this, you know, Trump rally waiver, but for all working people. No, no, no. So it's more like I work it's, at Amazon. It's not coronavirus related. I thought it was like COVID related. No, it's not. It's immunity for corporations. Just it's immunity just for corporations. Blanket. blanket immunity for corporations. My God. Which is what the Chamber of Commerce and all of the business lobbyists have been fighting for since like I think the early 2000s. It's making sure no one can file a lawsuit against corporations. So if 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 they made you into like Gandalf overnight and you could conjure up like yes, the people the people's the people's stimulus bill what would it include um why am I Gandalf made of I'm sorry if they made you into uh I don't know 
Xena uh, the Princess Warrior. Xena Warrior Princess. Yeah, okay, okay. If they made you into some other cool thing that I'm not thinking of right now. I'm going to choose Or if Arya you Star. were in the Congressional Progressive Caucus, because once again, Look, we're not like, this is the thing is like, people don't know there is a Progressive Caucus in Congress. Mm -hmm. They're just completely sidelined yeah. and don't have, I mean, I was reading that Ro Khanna says he, there is no, Ro Khanna is a representative, progressive representative. He says there's no like, there's no channel into the leadership. Like Schumer and Pelosi aren't listening or Pelosi's not listening specifically. I mean, if I had to, so there's like a lot of this already exists, right? So People's Bailout, which is run by um, Reverend Barber and his folks in this big table that Sunrise and a bunch of other progressive groups that we all love and care about and are always ready to throw down. They have a lot of these things actually written out because the biggest thing is it has to come what what's in these things actually has to reflect the pain and hardship that our communities are facing and that money has to be able to go towards futures for them that are not rooted in pain and hardship, but are rooted in hope, in stability, in security, in aspiration, and like something way bigger than just like uh, what it is right now. So that's, so like, that's sort of my Like tax, tax breaks for, for third homes? Tax breaks for third homes, first yacht, you know, making yeah, sure there's a sure. federal loan guarantee for that. Or futures in Disney, if you're talking yeah. about bright futures, exactly. you know, just exactly call up Streisand. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's something we need to, like, pay more attention to is the people's bailout and all that. But again, it feels like I just I don't know who Pelosi is trying to win over. Is it like is it like the memory of John McCain? Like what, who's left, you know? I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I like went down a rabbit hole trying to understand her for a while. Cause I'm, I'm fucking fascinated. It's, I mean, she's brilliant, right? She's brilliant, but she's also shitty, really, really shitty. Mm. And I feel like I, I'm personally being subtweeted right now. Why? Because I'm br also brilliant and shitty. Okay, well. <laughs> in my own way. <laughs> Do you want us to start calling you NATO Pelosi? No, definitely not. Okay. Mm -hmm. um, Nancy Green, I prefer. <laughs> no, she so, is a she's she's a she's a veritable see you next Tuesday, and sometimes she's on uh, like on our side to see you next Tuesday, and sometimes she's absolutely not. It goes both ways. She's like again. She's there for her and like Joe Manchin and the memory of John McCain. That's it. Yeah, absolutely. And and just like, I don't understand what her moral center is or if there even is one, right? Like, what is your ideology? What defines you? What moves you? You see Ilhan Omar, you see AOC, you see Rashida Tlaib, and it's very crystal clear what their moral center is, what motivates them. Even some of the more sort of like mo like less lefty ones, it's like you get where they're coming from. They either care about their constituents or there's like a diehard issue that is really close to them that they're just like, this is the thing that I'm going to really, really move and I really care about. With Republicans, it's very, very clear. Like you know who they are ride or die for. And with her... I don't understand what that is. I really yep. don't with her and Schumer. Cause I think Schumer gets off the hook a little too much because he's like, you know, he's a the minority man. chair in the Senate. 
but him too like one day he's doing a fucking stock buybacks video with bernie sanders and he's like take away all of the free cash to corporations and then the next day he's just like let's give a hazard pay of 50 cents to all workers and it's like we're like i don't get this i don't get this yeah who are you people and and just to be clear that uh, sort of the positive and then we'll, we'll have to wrap this segment but something like a paycheck paycheck guarantee is similar to like places in basically most of Europe that's been putting mm-hmm. workers on even private workers of course on federal payroll like we will mm-hmm. pay you 80% like right we're going to pay 80 to 90% of your wage until this is over yeah and it's intended to stabilize the economy right like Germany's doing it, Denmark's doing it. That's what it's intended to stabilize. Here, we don't think about stabilizing the economy through workers' paychecks or workers' well-being. We think about stabilizing the economy by stabilizing the the stock market and reducing any kind of shock to it. That's what we do over and over again. So when after Families First passed and after CARES passed, especially all of these... um, Republican uh, elected and the Trump administration were like, oh, uh, S&P 500 looking really great, bouncing back, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, that's the metric that they hold. That's the metric that they hold, that America is whole, America is healthy, America is functioning well. It's not my fucking members at Walmart and Amazon who are like going out on a limb, like taking massive risk, risking their jobs, to talk about how their company is treating them like shit. Like that's not a metric that they use at all. And that's how broken this country is. And that's what it's, I mean, that's a part of politics here. Right. Um, I read that Republicans don't have any more appetite for an extension of the unemployment benefits because they are so shocked that some people are making more on unemployment than that they were making when they were employed. And they're afraid that's going to disincentivize people going back to work. And on two counts, motherfucker, like you're totally wrong. One, people should be disincentivized to go back to work. That's the point of stopping a global pandemic, mother. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Number one. And number two, if you're looking at how much money someone's making with an, like, you know, uh, uh, sort of extra unemployment benefits, your first thought shouldn't be, why are they making more money than they were making when they were working? It should be, why wasn't their wage higher fucking then than it is now, right? Mm-hmm. Like, th- that's not where their brain goes. But again, we've been taught. And even, like, even I think all of us, we have that moment where we're like, let me just be real. I got a haircut this week. My hairstylist was like, yeah, I bought a synth with my stimulus money. And I was like, cool. <laughs> you know, I was like, Cool. And of course, I don't give a shit what you do with your stimulus money. That is totally yours to spend. Uh, God bless her. I love my haircut. But like, it, you know, even I think we're so ingrained. As me, like, me too, Francesca. It's a great haircut. I was going to say it looks great. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Thanks. Like that. Oh, my God. I can't. Okay. I'm done. I'm done. Um, but Can I ask a question? No, I was just going to say, oh. like, I think we have to unlearn the idea that we are not deserving of of aid that we are not deserving of unemployment benefits um, and that somehow we're leeching off the government. Even I think lefties and progressives, we have that ingrained in us. Yeah. NATO. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Francesca. NATO. Uh, 
Vasuda, earlier you said that we need to create create bright lines for politicians. Could you describe more about what that looks like? <laughs> um, like cocaine? <laughs> no, I mean, look, like we we should not be standing for half measures. We should not be standing for half measures. We should not be thinking about, oh, I guess this is the best they can do. So we have to live with it. Like the shit sucks. It's really bad. It's really shitty. If we cave into something, these electives will take it all, right? Like House Democrats are more than happy to use progressive groups as a whip committee for any piece of shitty legislation that they put out. Mm. And they're always dangling some shit out there, right? Like give us- What do you mean by that? Using them as a whip committee? Uh, like to whip support, broad public support, other elected support, other organizational support, institutional support. Like they are more than happy to be like, hey, can you reach out to your universe of other workers and be like, this bill is really great. And it's like, no, this bill fucking sucks. Why would I support them? Actually, I'm going to be getting my members together and getting them to like make a call to every single one of you talking about how much this sucks. So like actually thinking about what does that kind of advocacy look like? for um on the outside because we don't always need to play an insider game this these built these pieces of legislation are not actually helping undocumented workers a lot of them don't qualify for these kinds of um uh, yeah. for uh, things like the the stimulus checks undocumented workers aren't getting them so even if you pay social security and taxes you're not going to be receiving the stimulus benefit these bills aren't actually helping to alleviate the unreal mortality rates from COVID in black communities. And I mean, like these are all things that are not actually happening. And at the end of the day, they do not work for low wage workers and they mm -hmm. are basically a corporate slush fund. So mm -hmm. how do you, what does it mean for all of us that are on the outside that are activists? We wanna change policies. We wanna see systemic change in deeper ways. And we want politicians to respond to that. What does it mean to agitate for these kinds of things and use all of the activist tools that we have to do that? So you can do lobbying, you can do um, virtual lobbying, in-district lobbying. There's so many different kinds of like agitational tactics that sure. we can put to use right now. And we actually should do that. I mean, right. it's, this is the time for it. And the biggest piece is we need political education around what these are, why yeah. these suck, why these are not good, because these, these are not good. This is not what trillions of dollars of money, what is that like we're looking at now? Three, two, over, now over $2 trillion. If we add the HEROES Act to it, we're looking at over $5 trillion. And how much it actually went to us, went to our communities, right. and are building the long-term health of this country for working people. Vasuda, um, I, I just want to go to some questions and comments from the audience. Um, sure. Let's see. Uh, NATO, I think your mom says on behalf of old people, don't lump us all together. Uh, so there's that. I, I would uh, like to say, I, I love my mom. Mom, I love you. <laughs> but I'm also willing to sacrifice you if it means getting rid of all Trump voters and Pelosi and Schumer and Biden and the ruling class in general. So I'm willing to make that sacrifice for the greater good. We'll wait to hear her response and then I'll yeah, read that out I, loud. I'm, I'm about to get a phone call. Yeah, no, no. Please put her on speaker. Um, 
Uh, Bob Welch on YouTube says if they don't want to if they don't want to see the stock market go down to zero, they had better continue the higher level of unemployment pay payments to people. That's very true. Um, Edgar V. Calderon on YouTube. Um, oh, asked a question that Vasuda answered before. Um, hi, hi, hi asked what you think people should do. She she just uh, Vasuda just talked about actually political education and call and calling our electeds. Um, I wanted to get to this to Stephen's question on YouTube. He said he asks, "What's your prediction?" So you're not Gandalf, but maybe you're. I don't know. Could Gandalf see the future? Let us know in the comments. Um, but nerds, come on. Crystal ball, like if you have a crystal ball, what do you uh, what do you say happens? Let's say crystal ball with a C. You're not you're, Gala you're Galadriel. And you can see the future. I love Galadriel. Sure. Is that okay. a Harry Potter okay. thing? Okay. No, it's, it's, no, it's Lord a Lord of the Rings, Rings thing. Oh, <laughs> tight, 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 tight. Um, no, especially since Zoomers are shitting on millennials loving Harry Potter. I'm never making a Harry Potter reference. I saw that. Yet. Me either. Um, hi, Zoomers. We're relying on you. Don't What's hate up, Twitch? Us. Prediction for the next six months. Look, I'm. Ho I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong. <laughs> on the movement side, like, you wow, incredible, forcing, like, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about as a bright line, right? Like, really deep fucking change coming from a movement. And, like, really, really incredible, really excited to see that kind of energy coming out of BLM, Movement for Black Lives, everything. And I think it's gonna be changing just the nature of activism in this country for the years to come, but especially for the next six months. With that being said, the economy does not look like it is gonna be doing well because we are on our way towards a second wave with the flu season right around the corner. So what does that mean? All of the reopenings that are happening, especially in Southern states um, where it's very rash and not um, rooted in science, not rooted in people's welfare, that's going to have its own impact, which is just going to create greater compression on the economy. So a lot of the turbulence that we were seeing in March and April, I actually don't think that's that's gone for long. And And then quite frankly, just like the state of work and how work is going to happen, how it gets impacted, all of that is just going to change, right? Then the people that lose in that are working people, especially essential workers, especially essential workers in low-wage jobs. They are the losers in that. The winners in it are the Amazons of the world, the Walmarts of the world. These mega corporations that are taking advantage of a lot of the lack of safety net that exists for workers and just the shitload of business that they're getting Absolutely. out. I mean, you guys saw Jeff, Jeff Bezos is like on his way to becoming a trillionaire. Amazon is having a hard time calculating what their actual profits for the year are going to be because it's going to be astronomical. So <laughs> that's like that level of market consolidation is happening, which means like your little bodega or deli or whatever is going to be put out of business. So mm. all this stuff like that market consolidation is going to be tough. And then politicians, your fucking politicians in Congress are still going to be a bunch of dickbags unless we are forcing them to not be dick bags. Um, dick and then bags. The, Swap out the bag bags. of dicks. Sorry. And then the last thing I'll say on that is we have a presidential election coming up in November. And unless... I saw the pre-roll ads. Don't worry. I'm on it. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that adds to all of this, right? I mean, this is like an unprecedented time in this country for any of us that have been doing politics or organizing or activism for a long time. I don't think I can remember a summer before a presidential that was ever like this. True. Yeah. Shit is crazy. Shit is wild. Agreed. Speaking of wild, we're going to move to our next segment, um, which uh, Vasuda, will you stick with us? Sure. Yeah. Please do. Um, y'all yeah. follow, follow Vasuda on all the social media. Ask her your, your questions. Um, you know, be kind. And also uh, thank her and us for our... <laughs> For our brilliance, for this moment, for being here in the Bituation Room by tipping us at TBR-Live on Venmo, TBR-L-I-V-E on Venmo. We are donating a portion of all of your tips to the LGBTQ bail fund, um, getting and bailing people out of prison and detention centers uh, all across this country, 15 different states. They deserve your money. We deserve your money. We want your money, even just like a dollar. Just like a dollar. I'll take it. Um, we're going to move on to our final segment, which we're bringing back. This is, we have no new segments in this, uh, episode of the Bituation Room, which is, uh, this week in Karen, this week in Karen, this was a wild week for Karen's. Let's just be real. There were many a viral video, uh, to the point where, um, the hashtag Karen's gone wild was trending. Um, we had the Torrance, California, Karen, telling Asian Americans to go back to their country. Uh, Torrance is 30% Asian. Um, I like to call her the bass outlet Karen because she was just very ready to go fishing. Uh, she's, um, you know, land's end Karen. It's like it's like the, you know how uh, Steve Bannon is very land's end Nazi, you know? This is like that. It was like the female Bannon. Um... There was that video. There was uh, an Arizona woman who got slapped uh, at a gas station by a woman who she was telling to go back to Mexico. And then she got slapped and it was beautiful and she deserved it. But I want to focus on a different Karen, because in this moment of coronavirus, there is a very particular Karen, which is the Karen who refuses to do anything that might help her fellow man or woman or community uh, by putting on a mask. And this Karen was in Queens, New York. Uh, Vasuda, I believe your home. My turf. home. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Here we are. For those of you who didn't hear what was going on, she's in a Starbucks and she doesn't have a mask on and she starts calling everyone pussies. She says, everyone's a pussy. Everyone's being a pussy. And then she goes over and coughs on the woman who asked, not her, but asked, I think someone working at, I think it was not a Starbucks. It was a uh, bagel shop working at the bagel shop. Um, why this woman wasn't wearing a mask goes over coughs on her. Uh, Vasuda thoughts. I just want to say no one in that shop is from Queens because if they were, they would have <laughs> coughed right back on her. That's what would have happened. But also, oh my God, just like peak caucasity right there. It's true. I mean, if the yoga pants didn't tell you everything you needed to know, um, 
but the I just it's so weird because like you never know with Karen's like that kind of like entitled white woman like what she finds disgusting and what she finds like fine like I bet you know she like wouldn't share like she doesn't share blunts you know what I mean she doesn't share like joints or something if someone like passes her something she's like no actually do you know that 80% of germs that are in marijuana pipes are like, are into your lung. Like, you know, she's got some sort of fucking stat like that, you know? She like spritzes things before she touches them, but then also calls people pussies when they're not, when they're deciding to wear masks because we're in a pandemic. That's my read. NATO? NATO, is she, uh, like, what are we thinking? We're thinking, fuck, Mary, kill with this Karen? Where, we, where do we put her? Torrance Karen, Arizona Karen, or uh, Queens Karen? Uh, I certainly <laughs> think the worst one is is Torrance Karen. Um, but crazy because, and bad. Yeah, I mean, yeah. she Because she was like, she was like, why are you exercising in a park? You know what I mean? Like, if you're mad, like, of all the, like, how dare you exercise in a park, you know? Uh, so that was a weird thing to be mad about. And then if you watch the whole, like, minute and a half video of Torrance Karen going off, at the very end, she, like, gets all matronly and maternal and is like, and why are you wearing black? It's California. You're going to get cooked here. Like, you need to, you know, uh, uh, you need more oh, breathable clothing. That's the best. That's the best part of Torrance. Um, is, uh, nobody wears black in the summer. What if yeah. it's a secret Karen strategy to keep everyone inside and not fall for the reopening of America? There needs I, to be some sort of decoy. I'm just saying. I'm thinking, not advocating for Karens. Like, you're saying yeah. like, how do we get them to stay inside? Yeah, what if Karen... Karens in the wild are so aggressive and people are just like, these bitches are going to quaff all over me. Let me stay my ass at home and not right. fall for the reopening of America. Yeah, what if Karens are the secret Avengers? We're all under the thumb of Big Karen. The, <laughs> the, the Karen Industrial Complex. The Karen Honest Industrial Complex. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Karens were put there uh, by the time travelers to annoy us back inside. I get what you're saying. Sure. So we would prevent a second wave from coming. Um, once again, everyone, call your aunts and uncles. Uh, you know, call your call the Karens in your life. Call the borderline Karens in your life. Um, you know, pull them back. See how they're doing. Send them a puzzle. Send them a new hat that they can. You know, that you got from uh, Patagonia that they can wear indoors. Just just reach out to the Karens in your life or the or those soon to be maybe Karens. Um uh it's a fucking plague. I don't know what we're gonna do about them. Um I do think some sort of decoy, maybe like Sex in the City reunion show, like something to keep keep them home. I mean, mm -hmm. does the home shopping network not work anymore on these white ladies? I guess that's when you like physically can't move out of your bed. That's when they're on to new things though, man. I mean, Lululemon's out. Like, that's true. What are you gonna do? Your Pilates class is canceled. That's Your true. Yoga studios closed. What are you gonna do? But it's hard out here for a Karen. It's hard out here for a Karen, especially when everyone is being a big pussy. Uh, and um, 
and yeah, and you have, you've got tights. So NATO, any final re remarks before I sign us all off? Thank you, Mr. NATO Green uh, on Instagram, NATO Green at Twitter. Uh, the Whiteness album is out wherever comedy can be streamed or downloaded. This uh, is NATO plugging all of his things. Vasuda, is there anything we need to plug? Tell us who to follow, what to do. Give us our marching orders. Um, I'm very new to Twitter. Please be nice to me. I spend more time in legislation than I do on social media. But if you have any questions and you need a movement person to answer your questions about what's happening on in Congress and all these stimulus bills, hit me up at the suits. I am happy to share all the information I can and give more power to the people. And yeah. thank you both so much for having me on. Hell and yeah. set a police car on fire. Yes. Um, although I still want to be employable somewhere. So that's been the situation room. Um, so I don't condone that, but you know, like, um, you know, I mean, with, -violently. With like set it aflame with love. Uh, I'm Francesca Fiorentini. That's been the habituation room. Uh, tip us. Thank you so much for your tips. Thank you. Thank you so much. That really helps us keep going and helps, uh, uh, pay people like our producer, Becca Roofer, who's wonderful, who uh, always makes sure that this show goes so smoothly. And make sure to rate this podcast on iTunes, five stars. I was going to say, like, tell me your favorite joke. You know, tell me your favorite, favorite knock-knock joke. All right. That is a challenge for you to write this podcast or review on iTunes or on wherever. I don't know. Spotify, do they have reviews? Does that matter anymore? Are we doing Spotify? Kids, help me. All right, uh, that has been the Bituation Room for this episode and this week of June 14th. And remember, don't just bitch about it, be about it. Bye-bye, y'all.